Well, uh, WandaVision has ended. You guys got any ideas for a cold open? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I get it. Because this episode's a fucking joke. Welcome in to the Bro Force Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. This is our review of the WandaVision series finale, and I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Warnesek. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Before we get started with the TV discussion, let's go around and meet the fellow bros. We have the American hero, Nate Thurmond, and the mad scientist, Brian Banner, here to review this TV episode as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro 4 Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story, our favorite scene, and then any theories or questions going forward. So uh, I think theories and questions, we both all decided we're just going to do like impact of the show since it's according to Marvel, the series finale, which makes sense based on the concept. It should be. <laughs> Banner, you're already angry, so I'll give you the floor first. Uh, acting and cast here in the final episode of WandaVision. What'd you think? Uh, honestly, acting is not the problem in this. Everybody did fantastic, and they. this is a perfect example of uh, them reading the script and going, wow, this is going to suck, but I'm still going to put everything I have into this, which um, we don't have that with every actor and actress. So for these actors who have been committed to this role to kind of have, in my opinion, the entire end of the story just be completely botched and then still put in the performance they did. Uh, tip of the cap to every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Elizabeth Olsen was completely amazing in this series. And I, I do mm-hmm. think she needs an Emmy nom for it, considering all the different things she was asked to do. And then Catherine Hahn, who we've loved the whole show, there was a few times last episode I was like, she's really kind of hamming it up and going a little over the top. But I think that is a good incarnation of Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, now that we know what she's been through, she is fucking batshit crazy. And that's how a batshit crazy person would act. And I actually dug it. And seeing Catherine Hahn kind of against type, she can pretty much do anything. It was just kind of a nice dynamic between her and Wanda because they're both, like, really have some trauma that they're dealing with and they're both incredibly powerful and that's a scary combination. So I'm with you, Brian of any complaint I would have the least of them and nowhere near the list of things that I didn't like was the acting and the performances. If, hey. if you would have told me that I have a show about superheroes, Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn are your two leading ladies in it and they both deserve Emmy nominations. I would have told you were batshit fucking crazy before I watched this show. Yeah, they really they really came to play, and uh, yeah, to Horn's point, uh, the Agatha character was kind of over the top at the at the beginning when whenever it was first introduced. But yeah, she's a broken person. She is certifiably insane. She should be in the loony bin. So um, we we kind of got that, and we came came to that realization in the last episode. Um, so I mean, kudos to her doing a great job and 
Um, I mean, I'm just echoing everything you guys were saying because, yeah, the acting was was not the problem, and we've been praising it all season long. Um, some more very emotional scenes between um, Wanda and her kids and Vision, especially. <clears throat> the kids were great, man. And that I was going to pinpoint on that too. Yeah, Billy, the actors who played Billy and Tommy, which was awesome because we finally got to see them a little bit more. Um, after the Malcolm in the Middle episode, they were pretty highlighted. Um, but now that they really brought him back, and it was actually cool seeing them in fighting scenes. Man, that 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 uh, visual of the family just like rearing back and getting ready to defend itself—that was so cool. Like, I mean, I big mean, time very, Incredibles vibes, right? Yes. I, yeah, I was just about to say huge Incredibles vibes, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I went from six to midnight real fast on that scene. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to say, although. We'll get into this in a sec, but I don't like what they did with his character, but Paul Bettany was just great as Vision. We've been talking about it all season, but mm-hmm. uh, he, the ability in this show from the two main actors specifically, him and Elizabeth Olsen, to have to flip on a dime and go from ultra comedic and like sometimes literally slapstick, like running into doors, and yeah. a, a flip switches, and all of a sudden you have to get to harrowing and very emotional depths with your character is, I think, something we just kind of took for granted, and it's not easy to do. Especially when you have like red paint on your face, and you can somehow make this feel as traumatic and real as they did. Yeah, I mean, and you obviously see that in other sitcoms and TV shows and all that stuff, but it's not to that degree. There, there's usually some development, like going from happy to sad. It's like you said, like you flip, you flip the switch, like you flip on a dime in these <clears throat> episodes, just because of the way it was structured. So, um, really showed their their acting chops and their and their range. Uh, almost every episode. All right, anything else? You guys are ready to move on to story. Let's move on. All right, the plot synopsis, according to IMDb, obviously leaves a lot out because it was the finale. Um, but it says, The events of WandaVision come to a head, and the destinies of all those who took part are determined. Uh, Nate, what did you think of how WandaVision ended? And before we get into it, let me just say this. <laughs> if you're if you're listening at home and you liked the finale a lot, I think collectively the three of us, what I've gathered from text, we're not fans of a lot with this show. I have one thing I loved, which I will bring up, but if you have a different opinion than us, we're not the podcast where we say, well, fuck off and die. Totally fine. Everyone gets something different out of this show. You might agree with us on the next thing. I just have a feeling... If you loved WandaVision, how it ended, holistically, you might disagree with us, and that's okay. We'll still get beers with you. Yeah, yeah. Stick around for for other reviews um, because I'm sure we'll hit on some other things. Maybe you guys are smarter than us, and you can read between the lines. I don't know. But anyways, jumping into this. So, yeah, the biggest issue with this one is there was just a ton of setup. Um, I feel like whether it was intentional or not, there were a ton of red herrings and maybe that's just us trying to dig into things, but we didn't see any resolution, much resolution at all in this. Um, the one thing, and I was speaking off pod, the one thing that there was kind of a resolution was Wanda accepting the role of the Scarlet, Witch was cool. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of knew that was coming though. We kind of saw that, but that was the one thing. So now she's kind of accepted this role of her being the all powerful, um, being that she is, and she's going to take this in whatever direction we see. Um, but overall, it was just a bunch of setup for n- other series that are coming out, um, other things like where Monica is going to go, um, anything. Obviously, the ties to Doctor Strange are um, pretty pom- prominent. They even mentioned um, the Supreme Sorcerer in mm-hmm. this. Um, 
but yeah, it was just a, a, a ton of setup. There wasn't much resolution. I don't know where the fuck White Vision went. Um, oh, he just kind of took off. And like, could we, like, I understand that was that was cool. So I know Horns it's has taking issues. a lot of energy not to just like interrupt you and go on this or just disgusting. walk away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they had obviously had a big reveal because them two getting together and him giving the memories and like making him more vision, which I know Horns is completely torn up what about. Do you mean, more vision. No, he made him vision. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. You yeah. undermined everything that you built up for uh, through 19 movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. I didn't they, they, steal. Your well, no, that's there. fine. No, this is an open discussion, but they put that together and then he just like takes off and like, okay, we're going to have anything else with him. Did he go jerk off on Mars? I don't know, but uh, that was, that was kind of weird. Like I said, it was just a lot of things left open um, that weren't even wrapped up. Um, like I said, it was just fodder for new series down the road, which I'm sure it'll tie in and be cool, but I'm feeling like empty right now because there was no, there was no resolution at all. Yeah. I'm going to save a lot of my thoughts on what you said for the end for impact, <laughs> but I will say this about the story. Okay. So WandaVision, I see a lot of people online who are defenders of the show, which again is totally fine. I think having these discussions is fun for me personally. But a lot of people say, oh, well, if you're upset about all these ancillary story arcs, like that's not what the show is about. And that's a, that's a fair argument, right? This show at its core is about Wanda and Vision and her coping with the trauma of losing him. And if that was just the show, it is a 10 out of 10 it was basically perfect television because that story arc in and of itself pretty much wraps up completely. Although what Nate just said is sort of an, an outlier, but for the most part that played like an Academy award winning, uh, mm-hmm. basically right. Yeah. Wanda dealing with the loss of vision. The issue then becomes when you say, well, that's not what the show's about because if I were to actually do a breakdown of the devotion in terms of screen time to some of these storylines, I bet it's 60, 40, and it might not be in favor of Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for you to tell me that that's not what the show was about, well, then how do you justify giving the majority or at least a 50-50 split of the screen time and character devotion to those characters that you claim don't matter in the show? Yeah, that was the driving force behind, obviously, the whole show. But with those ancillary little pieces on the side that were brought up and kind of gave you some breadcrumbs to go down certain trails, like... Okay, you're you're like leading us down these paths, um, so it's not completely just on that plot thread. Um, so you kind of have to put some more in the show and more resolution in it if you're gonna have those little tentacles hanging off. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say because I really want to hear Banner's take on mm-hmm. this is if in a vacuum, if you just take the Wanda Envision arc, and I'm trying not to use recency bias here because honestly, episodes three through eight were fucking incredible like some of the best television I've ever seen. So I'm trying to hold on to those, that feeling and say the WandaVision stuff in those episodes was so good and the show was so great. But in the end, there were there were these all these other plot threads that Marvel themselves chose to pull on and I think where they went, and again, a lot of this is the cast fault in the way they promoted the show, which 10 years ago never would have been an issue. But yeah. that leaves a lot to be desired for me. But the WandaVision arc, I think was near perfection. I will say that. Banner, your thoughts on the story. I agree with what you say when you talk about Wanda and Vision and their story and Wanda coping with and basically imagining what life would have been like if uh, Vision would have survived. That is 
one of the best storylines and best wrapped up uh, character arcs with like kind of closing a chapter on Wanda and opening a chapter on uh, Scarlet Witch. That in and of itself was a perfect storyline. Um, Hayward trying to be this bad dude. What the fuck? Little or no impact to the overall story. Did not matter. So why why did he edit the tape? Why did why put all these other things in there? If you're literally just going to have Darcy hit him with an ice cream truck and literally could have had anyone else running that. It would have been better. It doesn't matter. It would have been better not to include him in the finale and us to go, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? I'm very confused. Where did he go? Then to put him in and have him kind of be tied up in that way. Yeah, absolutely absurd. Um, I actually like that they brought the. Uh, book in the Darkhold book and everything with Agnes. Their fight was cool. I'm I'm good with that. Uh, White Walker Vision not cool with that. Again, you you just undermine by finishing this story. You undermined what you did in Infinity War well, and, they and the set whole that, gravitas of Endgame. They set that so much up with a direct tie to Hayward, like. Oh, cool. He's got this obsession with vision. What's behind that? Okay, now we see he's creating this. And then, I mean, there's there's really nothing more. There's nothing, there's no more digging in. There's no more explanation. Um, And I think that's what set us up to maybe fantasize about him being someone else, being Ultron or something like that. Because you saw that and then it just like ended. Oh, he's going to get arrested and go to jail. Like he's a normal person. Okay. And all of our theories were incorrect. And I'm not necessarily mad about that, but you got to choose something. Yeah, you know, you have to choose some character resolution because, like you said, Hayward being this <clears throat> imposing bad and the guy pulling the strings from behind the entire show, and then he just ends up getting hit by an ice cream truck, and he's a a one-liner victim. Like that's that's what happens to his character. Like, what was his motivation for any of this aside? Well, I'm a bad guy. I suck. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that completely confused me. Um, and then the last thing I'll I'll put in here is. I know we talked about this um, off pod. I think we were texting about it, but the whole Pietro. Yeah, the whole Pietro I, I want to get into that at the end. We'll it. get okay. into that later. Yeah. Okay. We'll, okay. I, I, we'll, we'll leave that. But just before we get to that, everyone out there listening, know we're mad about it. Okay. <laughs> I will. I'm going to preface. Put a pin in that anger. <laughs> I'm not mad. I thought Evan Peters' performance was fantastic in that role. I think that the character and all of that would have worked if it was not Evan Peters. Yeah, 100%. But the only reason I'm mad is because it was Evan Peters. Um, One more quick thing I want to say on story. Monica Rambeau, again, really bad introducing her into the show, I thought. I, I thought it was cool how she came back from the blip or the snap, but kind of forcing her into this town and her being this overeager person. I don't know. I didn't really like her. Character. I would have rather Monica Rambeau just gets like her own four episode miniseries. That to me would make way more sense than having her be a part of this show. I would mm-hmm. agree with that. So just if anyone out there saying, oh, you hate Monica Rambeau or Photon. No, I don't. I think she's a cool character. I think Tiana Paris was great. I'm but, excited to see her moving forward. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think at the end of the day, she really had any role in Westview or in WandaVision. Like, she didn't that? help. She didn't help the resolution of anything. She didn't well, assist Wanda in in solving the problem or defeating Agatha. Yeah, and like you just said, like you're excited to see her going forward. That is kind of the main mantra of 
this whole season and especially this last episode is cool. We're excited about some things going forward. What the hell happened to this season though? <laughs> yeah, it becomes the, I love the movie, but it becomes what a lot of people said about Iron Man too, where the whole thing job is really to like set the table for these mm-hmm. other meals we're about to eat. And you're like, yeah, but I'm here now with my fork and knife. Like what, what's the entree? Yeah. yeah. Anything else, Brian? No, no. All right. Best scene. I don't have much to say here. Um, I did. My favorite scene in this episode was just kind of at the end when Wanda withdrew the hex and the kind of emotional moment she had with Billy and Tommy <clears throat> bedroom. And then her and vision are kind of watching the hex come towards them knowing this, you know, fake reality Wanda's created is about to go away. I thought that that, again, the Wanda vision emotional core at this thing was per- television perfection in my mind. Mm-hmm. It might even be one of the best story arcs in the entire MCU. I agree, yeah. But again, if you cook a steak perfectly and then you put a bunch of dressing on it and sides on it that don't taste good and are. You, you know, use A1 sauce on your steak. <laughs> That's basically like a, what they did expired here. a one that's too runny. Like if you put all that yeah. stuff in it, like the steak is still good, but these things are a part of the meal. Like you can't. Yeah. It. Um, and again, so that was that was probably my favorite scene from this episode. And I, I we get emotional about this stuff, good or bad. The episodes that we loved, if you go listen to our reviews of that, we were all over this thing, touting it up. So I think we've earned the right to bitch about it when we didn't like something. And it was kind of hard for me to take away a positive scene just because the taste in my mouth was so bad. Mm-hmm. That would be it. I yeah. echo that was my favorite scene too. The way at the very end, after um, they go downstairs and they're looking into each other's eyes and the camera's spinning around them, and the background is flashing between all of the different living rooms from the different sitcoms from earlier in the show. Yeah. Just insanely well done. And again, they they made you feel that emotional connection between the two characters that we've really seen grow over a what a quarter of a century half of a century through these sitcoms mm-hmm. so it was definitely a, a really cool kind of cherry on top to that story arc her accepting it accepting what's in the past is in the past and now i'm ready to move forward and her changing her uh costume and kind of flying away yeah, I don't know if there's a, a romantic relationship in the MCU that they have put as much work into and it's paid as money dividends as Wanda and Vision. Because even like Cap and Peggy, their actual screen time really is just in the first Avenger. Like she's obviously in the Winter Soldier, but she's, you know, in one scene older and then Civil War, you know, her spoilers, her funeral scene. So this is like Wanda and Vision together on screen and Marvel put in the legwork and they earned every every part of that relationship with me. Oh, for sure. Nate, how about you? Best scene? Um, yeah, obviously that one that you guys touched on was very emotional and it really <clears throat> wrapped up that that thread. Um, but one, one of my other favorite ones of this episode was just the, the final big fight between Agnes and Wanda. Um, so, I mean, just visually it was, it was really well done. Um, the dialogue back and forth between them was great. Um, and then uh, the way it resolves and she ends up using the the same thing that she uh, that Agnes had used on Wanda in the very beginning uh, in the basement saying only witches who have the uh, the ruins um, can cast spells. So 
as they're up there, she's sending those those uh, bolts out or those flashes mm-hmm. out, and she's creating the ruins around her. And then she's like, hey, look at this bitch. I just took your magic. And basically was the culmination of saying, okay, I'm accepting um, the role of the Scarlet Witch. Um, I understand my powers now. I understand what they can do. Um, so we're going to turn this back around, and basically I'm rubbering your glue. Um, and here it is. <laughs> Good old-fashioned witch-off. Yeah. You know? um, it's, but yeah, it's like the version of a chili bake-off. Yes. Yeah, she was like, okay, I'm learning from you, so I'm um, going to slap this right back in your face, um, which which was really cool, um, kind of having that full circle and, and simulation between those two scenes. I also kind of liked uh, where Agatha ends up. Like, I mean, it's a little cruel on Wanda's part, but essentially in purgatory. Yeah. To live as like the nosy neighbor in Westview with, <laughs> I don't know if she's like wiped her mind or if it's almost like she's... she's- Trapped in her own mind. It's like a get-out situation, right? Where she's like, her conscience is like a small portion of her brain, and it might almost be worse. You're like watching your own life through like a TV screen. Yeah, I think there's a small line in there when uh, Agnes says something about what if you need me. She's like, I know where to find you. So she can come back and like take that spell off of her if at any point she needs whatever advice she would need from her in her witching hour. Also kind of a cool line, like maybe Agatha will pop up in uh, Doctor Strange and then multi... Because like, cause like mm-hmm. chaos magic was used and that's going to piss off Doctor Strange. She's going to want Agatha's home address and phone number. Yeah, explain yourself, please. To come speak with her. <laughs> All right, anything else? You guys ready to move on to the impact of the show or any theories or questions we had? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move get on. <clears throat> All right. Um, so, Fietro, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a Mandarin situation here. Kind of? Uh, no, yes. this is way worse. So this go this is the <laughs> fine line we walk between fan service in casting Evan Peters and a big middle finger and a tease. And I think Marvel really told us to fuck off when the character's name is Ralph Boner. I was very, very upset when I saw that. All I love that the dick joke. Dick joke. <laughs> but my God, dude, cast another cool actor in the role. I wonder if Evan Peters was even like, are you sure you want me to play this? Yeah, I just... <sighs> I am honestly baffled at this point. I, I really don't even know what to say. Like, it, there's no point in casting him for this role unless there was some rude. connection. And it's cruel, really. They were pretty apparent that he was just another citizen of, of Westview that lived right next door. Um, and I know we, we talked off Pod and Banner is still under the impression that fingers crossed he's holding on to the last thread that Marvel's going to correct this at some point. But I mean, it seems pretty apparent that it was just another character that was in Westview that Agnes just pulled and started pulling the strings with him, but there's no connection. It was just that actor in that role. That makes no sense. It's it's fucked up. It's cruel. And I'm hoping he's an actor because why else would there be a little headshot with his name on it in his apartment? I don't have a picture of myself with my name on it in my apartment. (laughs) I'll get you one. I know. Brian, what do you think of Fiatro? I know you're kind of being the eternal optimist here, but I have 0% chance hope that you're, uh, optimism towards that actually somehow being uh peter maximoff is is gonna happen i i am this close to turning into matt geiger and just saying fuck it all to all the x-men because every time one of these people pop up they just it all gets fucked up between all the x-men movies and then now hey we're gonna bring a character rover we can make all this work no we can't because we make a bad dick joke but going back into a couple episodes when they introduced Pietro, like, 
why is Wanda not more thrown off? Why does she accept that? Okay, I believe you're my no brother. Sense. You look nothing like him. Yeah. But I'm just going to accept that you're my brother and kind of go along with it, let you interact with me and my family. Um, if that connection isn't there, that he is the Pietro from the X-Men universe, it makes no sense why she would not be quite... She questions a little bit, um, but she's more accepting than she should be if she does not know this face and he's just trying to be her brother. And to our knowledge, she wasn't under a spell from Agnes. Like, if some dude down the street knocks on my doorbell and says, hey, I'm Nate Thurmond, he doesn't fucking look like you. He's not you. Why would I be like, okay, come on in? Yeah, sure. Makes no, I, Yeah, it's baffling at this point. And if you wanted to do, like, a cool actor appearance, then, I mean, cast, like, Joshua Jackson or somebody. Don't cast the dude who literally <laughs> played Quicksilver in the X-Men universe. Joshua Jackson's at home like, yeah, bro, I'll take the check. Sure. I'll jump in that. It seems cruel and malicious. As well. I, because it's so cruel and malicious, and this is 100% against anything Marvel has ever done up until this point, is the only reason that I have a little bit of faith that it was there, it's planting it, even if it's they're going to pull on that three, four, five years down the road. I, I just want to have a little bit of hope that that's all it was. And that in five years or four years or whatever, we're going to be eating our words, words and going, wow, these motherfuckers know what you're doing. Honestly, it may be even more slap in the face if it's that long down the road. If they, if they yeah. do something, it's going to be like a year or two. Because if it takes that much longer, it seems like course correction at that point. And they're like, oh, fuck, we need to do something. Exactly. That's, and him being named Ralph Boner to me just felt so unfeige and MCU. Like the whole thing was just, I'm like, you guys don't do this, man. Banner, you know, the biggest complaint I have, and probably one of my very, very few complaints in the MCU was what they did with the Mandarin. To me, yeah. this was that on steroids because it 100%. had a whole, another set of a tease to it, really. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I had, too. I mean, I have two other things, but what the fuck was Dottie? Thank you. I don't know. She finally made a reappearance, and I'm going to have – I should have done this already, but I'm going to have to go back. And I've st we've stuck on this, and we've talked about it multiple times. I'm pretty sure she was one of the people who was not identified as a person when they yes. were identified as people for Westview. So what? What? If we're wrong about that, tweet at us below. But I'm pretty sure yeah. uh, Agnes and Dottie were the only two that they did not have uh, positive IDs on as like residents of Westview or even like any social security number, any information on. Yeah. The only no thing idea. I can think of, and again, this is just because I have faith, is Dottie is Mephistos. That's a rumor and a theory that came up way, way whenever, way back when. And they literally just put her here to open her up in a subsequent movie. Again, I don't, th I I'm just, I'm trying to be optimistic here, guys, because yeah. there's not a lot of optimism. Um, if you're going to do that, that's not the right actor. That's not the actress, no offense to her, that's not the actress that you hire for that role. And even all that aside, you can't keep kicking the can down the road with this stuff. Like, you can't n not resolve things, or in the case of Fiatro, actively resolve them. And then, like Nate said, based on fan reaction, and when they kind of call you out on your fuck up, be like, oh, no, 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 that's that's not what this was. <laughs> it's not fooling anybody, dude. Um, and again, the vast majority of this show I thought was incredible, but it's sort of like the Ryan Johnson theory. We think these things matter because you, as the showrunners and the cast specifically in promotion, inherently tell us they matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unreal. Um, I'm sure... I know we want to get into this. I don't know. Um, we'll just go ahead and jump in right now because people have 
um, comments and questions on this. But the whole whole white vision, horns. You ready to dive yeah. balls deep into this one? So there is a white vision in the comics, right? He is a resurrected version of Vision without his memories. But what they've done is literally implant him with Vision's memories. And then he flies away. So now Marvel's like, fuck yeah, Vision's back. We can use him anytime we want in the MCU. And it, it, that whole thing was really weird because Marvel had done such a good job building up that character arc and made his death so important. I don't get why they would want to preserve him for some future storyline. You've done it. You knocked it out of the park. Why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. I don't know anyone who was excited about that. And we talked about this a few episodes ago because that was kind of the theory uh, we had brought up about Hayward wanting to maybe recreate him um, for some reason, um, which it we, we talked about that would be kind of a slap in the face um, and compared it to the Mace Windu's death and if he came back in, in Star Wars. But right. if that's what it was, I don't get because they didn't connect the Hayward thing at all if there was anything there so now he just flew off and i'm sure he will be reintroduced at some time some point but this was one of those other things that okay cool memories in there don't know if i totally agree with it but let's see if we have some resolution or where this is going to be going going forward um you gave us enough uh breadcrumbs for other pieces of, of the puzzle um i thought that was a big one that they left unfinished they kind of really teased us on that one and the other thing that kind of ties into that um Paul Bettany's quotes. And again, oh, this, is, boy. this is an issue with that we would never have had, I don't think, um, you know, five years ago. As these actors are, WandaVision did a great job, I will say this, of having their actors be front and center throughout the run of the show. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Elizabeth Olsen, Katherine Hahn, Randall Park, Kat Dennings. All these people were on talk shows like almost every week promoting yeah. the show. The problem, though, then becomes when they tease things that they know aren't going to come to fruition. And if you guys haven't seen the quote... Paul Bettany said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I have a scene, I believe he specified in the finale, with an actor of great prestige who I've always wanted to work with. And of course, fans start rampantly speculating. (laughs) The joke was, he's essentially acting with himself. Yes. Which, I I see the humor in it. I, I think knowing how passionate the Marvel community is, it's a little fucked up. It's a lot fucked up. And I even tweeted that. I was like, Paul Bettany, I love you, but that joke wasn't cool. And don't get me wrong. I'm happy that we still have Paul Bettany in the MCU, but my problem is that White Vision has Purple Vision's memory. And there's just ways to word it. Be like, oh, wait to see what happens with my character in the finale. You're going to like it. Like, that's so much safer and still true, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's like uh, the older brother teasing his younger brother like that he's going to get ice cream and you know he's not going to fucking get ice cream. You get to watch him get all excited and then you take some sick pleasure in seeing the devastation in his eyes. Yeah, and as as much as there were faults in the the plot and wrapping this thing up, I think, yeah, a lot, a lot of our frustration and unfortunately it's not tied in with the show or the producers or anyone who made this. Um, it is with the speculation on social media and all that kind of stuff. This one that really jumped off a, a ton from a bunch of those points that we saw. Um, and they just kind of ran rampant after, uh, throughout the whole series. So that part like, did kind of suck. Do they not have a PR person that 
tells them, like, don't say this or say this. Well, the director, Matt Shackman, it didn't come out to like two weeks after Bettany's quote, but he said Paul Bettany dug himself a hole with that quote. <laughs> oh, I remember, I, I think I sent it to you guys. I was like, they're already starting to walk this thing back, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And look, I'll be very transparent. We have a devotion, a devoted segment on all of our TV reviews to theories and questions. I don't think we're the podcast where we're pissed because our theories are wrong. I think we're the podcast where we're pissed because things that were supposed to have any sort of importance either weren't touched upon or we felt as fans like we got a complete bait and switch with this thing. My theories can all be incorrect, but you got to pick a path and go with it. Yeah. In fact, Hayward didn't matter. Vision's death didn't matter. You told us there was a big cameo and there wasn't. Fiatro's name is Ralph Boner. Like, what are we talking about here, man? I This has nothing to do with any of that. I'm going to switch gears here. This is just something that I wanted and I wish. But I'm upset that we're not going to have Wiccan and Speed moving forward in the MCU. Especially, you've got these two kids that play those roles. We already know very well, in my opinion, they proved themselves that they can be supporting actors in another entity. And maybe we'll get them back somehow. I don't I don't know how. Well, let's unless talk about that real quick. Scarlet Witch fucks white vision and then now we're gonna have like pink Wiccan. Yeah. Well, I had well, notes on that. The end credit scene we can talk about real quick, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it ties into that. So Wanda, of course, reading the Darkhold, um, and then hearing Billy and Tommy's voices calling out to her. I I think it's no surprise that the plot of the Doctor Strange sequel will probably be Wanda ripping open the multiverse and doing something to try and bring those kids to fruition or to life. So either she will consult Doctor Strange for help or she'll kind of lose it and he'll have to step in and be like, hey, you can't really be using the Darkhold because it's going to fuck our reality up. Agreed. But that could be her yeah. bringing the kids to life. Sorry. I think that's uh, no, I think that's exactly where this is going. She's going to try and recreate or bring them back to life in some aspect. So, yeah, she's trying to obviously read up, study for the big exam coming up, which is bringing her kids back. And um ram before uh, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just got to just got to cram this in the night before. Just chug a 5-hour energy. Here we go. <laughs> you know, like a sake bomb with a 5-hour energy like into a monster. Hands like shaking while you take the test. Yeah. But yeah, with, with the voices she was hearing, um, that just may be her getting closer to them or just her thinking about them and hearing their voices. But yeah, I think a strong connection is there um, of her trying to bring them back in whatever capacity. Um, so I think that the end scene kind of pushed us or nudged us in that direction. And then the other end credit scene, I actually thought was really cool. I think Monica Rambeau was sort of forced into this show. But uh, obviously we know that the secret invasion um, Disney Plus show is coming at some point. We know the scrolls are still well around and working with Sword and Nick Fury from Spider-Man: Far From Home, and with Monica Rambeau and her mom's relationship with them, it makes total sense that they would want her to go work with Nick Fury up in space. So that connects perfectly to maybe Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel too. So that was cool and felt very true to Marvel. Again, setting up a future series. I just. I think if you take Monica Rambeau out of this series, like w- the, sh- the WandaVision series, like what changes is what I would ask. Yeah, not much. I mean, you can you can put another person in that role, and they don't have to they don't have to become Photon At to all. still have the same impact on the series. Yeah, I think that her being in the series would have been and it is really cool how she was introduced, how she came in, the role that she played, and then. 
leaving at the comment where you're you can't go back in, your cells are changing, blah blah blah, whatever. Don't have that scene in the finale where she basically absorbs the bullets. Literally have Wiccan and Speed take care of themselves there. That proves how strong they are. Yeah. And then have your end credit scene with Monica, maybe with blue eyes, just say, hey, they want you upstairs. But we don't actually know her powers and it hasn't been confirmed she can do this extra cool shit. That, right. to me, would have been a better usage of her character and introducing that character to the greater MCU. Mm-hmm. Yep, completely agree on that part. But that's just my dumbass opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, too. Um, again, as far as my nitpicks go, that's, like, way far down the list. Like, extra, extra stuff in Marvel mo- movies and shows that set up future projects, I actually kind of dig that stuff. It's when you give me things that aren't important and you tell me they are, or you just straight up lie to my face and laugh at me. Like, all of Johnson. Yeah. That's all I had. What else you guys got? Um... Yeah, that is uh, yeah that that's basically all I had for like the yeah going forward just uh, touching on White Vision Wanda and then um, Monica moving forward and possibly getting in touch with Fury and or Captain Marvel so we we shall see yeah I'm sure we'll see her sooner rather than later for sure yep Banner how about you overall I would say I give this show a B plus no B minus. And that's mainly because the acting brought it up from from a C. It's it's a fine average show when you put all the parts together. The acting puts it a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. It's not... I'll probably rewatch it, but it's not one that I'm going to be like, oh my god, this is insane. I mean, it was great to have the MCU back like after such a long drought. And uh, like you said, the performances were incredible. And I really did enjoy the ride. I'm trying not to let the finale and the way that the majority of the storylines felt like they were really just kind of stringing us along and laughing at us for getting so excited about it. Literally in some cases, the actors were laughing at us mm-hmm. um, because the Wanda vision stuff does work so, so well that I'm just trying to kind of get put blinders on and focus on that. Um, it's just too soon. <laughs> I need yeah. some time. Yeah, no, overall, I, I would rate it as yeah, a better than average show um, just because of the concept of it and the acting. Um, so it, it's still up there in my books, but yeah, it just it kind of fell off at the end there. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts or was that we're pretty much good with that? Perfect. No. For the American Hero, Nate Thurmond and the mad scientist, Brian Banner. I'm the mayor, Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro Four Squad podcast. Thank you guys for joining us along the way for WandaVision. Pretty sure we're doing Falcon and Winter Soldier, too. So we will see you guys in a few weeks for that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bro Four Squad. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you type in Bro Force Squad as three separate words, you can find us there. And check out everything we post on our website bro4squad.com. Till next time, we gotta come up with some more boner jokes. Let's get a mind melt going. I mean, we can come up with them, I just won't put them into a show. Mm, that's a good idea. Chris okay, Boner. John Boner. These are all good jokes. It's because the person's last name is Boner. Richard Boner. I don't get it. Boner Boner. Okay. Honestly, when I saw...